What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Oh, it's good Everybody to see you. Everybody dance now. <clears throat> so is I want to st- wait. I want to. Sorry, I don't know who that is. CNC Music Factory. CNC. But I want to start by apologizing, not just to you. We already did this in private, but just the listener. If last week's episode sounded harsh, I was having a bad day. And uh, I want to apologize to you guys. I love you all. And I'm not resentful right now in this moment. <laughs> Amen. I and mean, I is... could be resentful later. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm mm-hmm. always resentful about something. Not towards you or mm-hmm. the listener. Maybe right. myself. Maybe it's fucking, I don't know. This moment is all we have, Jerry. It's all we have. <laughs> so I just wanted to start the hour off with apologizing. If anyone listened to last week's episode, and they're like, dang, Jerry's being a fucking real jelly bean right now. Is that is that what the, is that what you say? Is that like would tell tell your daughter quit being such a jelly bean? <laughs> no, that's what Megan's dad says. It's, oh, really? It made me laugh. Yeah, he was talking about somebody that was being really difficult. He's like, that guy is such a jelly bean. It's being a real pill, mm-hmm. real pill. And so from for and this was like a decade ago. And ever since then, I'm like, that dude's a real fucking jelly bean. Mm-hmm. You know that? <laughs> when I was um, when I was in high school. My friend Kevin, his dad would say things like, um, he's like, that guy's a sorry sack of bean dip. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, don't be something like, just being a sorry sack of bean dip, Kevin. Yeah. This is also (laughs) the man who, uh, I think we borrowed a camcorder one night to record some, uh, I think Kevin was singing, he was playing music and he looks at me and this big, you know, I'm like 17, 16, 17, he's all, John, you take care of this camera. Or you better, what did he say? He said, or you better learn how to speak Spanish because you're going to be running to Mexico if anything happens. And I was oh, my like, God. I was like, Jesus, you know? Like, he was just an odd dude, but I don't think he really was going <clears> to <throat> chase me out of the country over a camcorder in 1993. But, no. yeah. <clears throat> so if you are here, you know what you're doing here. You know why you're here. It's because at one point in your life, you like to drink. It's quite possible you still like to drink. And if you're here because you fucking love the party and you're like, whoa, these dudes love to party too. I'm about to listen to a podcast about two dudes who love to get fucked up. You're right and wrong. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's funny. Like I think about that too. I was, I was thinking about, it's such a different life. Like I'm so not that person at all, but I'm totally that person. And so it's a weird Mm -hmm. dichotomy that we live in where I'm just like, yeah, I used to get fucked up. And I was telling some I was telling somebody on on Instagram, I was putting a little post to this killer song and I was telling the story about how the very first killers show in Seattle in 19 or in 2004, 
I, um, my friend was the tour manager for the killers. I went to high school with the drummer, not like we were friends or anything. Um, but I got all my friends to go to the show. I hyped it all up. I was like this, there's this little band called the killers and they're coming up and yeah. this, that, and the other, and me and Opie got busted. We were drinking whiskey, a pint of Jim beam in the bathroom stall in the men's room at the yeah. crocodile, which later this, the stranger, the newspaper put out uh, an article about how it's the most, um, policed bathroom in the city, but we didn't know that, you yeah. know, cause the, so we, we, we get done, we walk out and there's like all the bouncers are right there. They're like, give us the booze. I'm Damn. Like, I don't have any dude. booze. You'd think like just YouTube ding dongs <laughs> drinking a fucking pint in the bathroom. They had to muster every bouncer in the place to come get you. In the meantime, mm -hmm. there's like all kinds of other wild shit Illicit going on shit. in there probably. So they didn't believe us. And at one point, Opie goes, it's, there's no booze, man. We were just making out. And the guy's like, bullshit, give me the booze. Yeah. You know, bullshit. And they took the booze. And I just remember, I remember him like trying to finish his Bud Light on the way out as they're grabbing it out of his hand. And they yeah. threw us out. The show hadn't even started. Nope. I didn't get to see the show. Mm -mm. I don't remember what happened afterwards. But it's just like, I can't imagine being anywhere near a situation like that again. No. At all. No. I can't even imagine going to a concert. You're just I mean, sneaking right in. Yeah, I can't even imagine going to a concert. Like, I can't even imagine what I would, what just sneaking in some quick stretches in the bathroom beforehand. <laughs> what would you be doing? Yeah. Just fucking, <laughs> like last concert I went to, I sat in the balcony with fucking earplugs in. Me too, I think. Because yeah. of my ears. Yeah, because I was like, man, I want to be down in that pit because it was a punk rock show. But I was like, that dude has got tall boys and he's throwing them into the pit like full beer cans. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get doused in beer, dude. That's gross. Yeah, it's really gross. It's gross. So it's just funny, like the uh, the previous rock and roll lifestyle um, without the rock and roll. It was mostly just booze and bathrooms and fucking. Yeah. And the kill are the killers rock and roll. They're like more like new wave, right? I don't know what they I guess are. they were. They were new wave, new wave, huh? They were, I don't know. Like they're hard to define. They were just that early aughts music that mm -hmm. we kind of felt as Gen X. We kind of rolled into this playlist of yours because i know that's what this subject is on yes what's the letter j is for john's sobriety <laughs> playlist right so, and it, it it should probably be closer to being called the drunk playlist but um right it's i did my best were you gonna say something about it very gen x this is the most fucking generation x shit without having all like the big bands on it like this is very niche gen x this is not your this is not like my daughter what my daughter thinks gen x is or like what the millennials think like gen, uh, you know chef's kiss uh, gen x you know no this is like we're niche dudes the only thing this is missing is like ween like so you know and and black crows which so are very niche they, there's no sound garden no nirvana there but were several that didn't make the cut. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, this could have been, this could have probably been 25 songs. Mm -hmm. I looked for ween songs that I was, that I wanted to put on there. I, I thought about black crows. So the idea of this, we did this a few seasons ago, a couple of years ago. It was like Jerry, first season, I think. Jerry did a playlist. So I thought that it would be fair enough to, for me to do a playlist. So I'm not going to play any of the songs, at least not intentionally as I go through them. I'd like to discuss some lyrics and you know what they mean to me, but uh -huh. <clears throat> excuse me. If you go to the A is for Alcoholic Spotify page and you look J is for John's sobriety playlist, you'll see it there. So mm -hmm. you can pause the episode here. You can go listen to that or it's you not can, long. it's not long. It's 10 songs. Um, it's like making dinner. 
<laughs> basically. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's like 40, 45 minutes or something like that, but it is. Yeah. So, um, music's always been a big deal for me, for you, for every, for, for both of us. Like it's been, I was talking to somebody and I said something to the effect of like, I've never had another art form make me cry in two minutes and 50 seconds. You know, No, not I mean? that I can think of. <laughs> it all I mean, has I, to have a buildup, right? Like a book or a movie, you have to like invest time in something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the first, um, my first interaction with music was from my dad's record album and so mm -hmm. we had a record player tape deck before we ever had a cd player like i remember the cd player being like this very special cool thing and then it was the, the where the spring would get flattened on the top that went down so you'd have to put something heavy on top of the cd player to make it play uh, on the cd player yeah CD okay, player. Then, yeah but the first the first records i ever listened to were the doors and um jimi hendrix mm. and so the doors were a big deal to me because it was yeah like, they were rock and roll psychedelic super mm -hmm. cool it just seemed very i am i am the lizard king i can do anything you know and so i started this one off with uh the alabama song uh whiskey bar and this was i had this on cassette and i drove a 1970 dodge dart from ventura california to las vegas nevada in 1995 mm -hmm. <laughs> and it blew out 20 miles outside of it overheated and I didn't understand. It's also 110 degrees out there. So there's no way for this fucking thing to cool down. And I just poured nope. cold water into the radiator and it cracked mm -hmm. it because it was oh, like shit. 400 degrees or whatever. Yeah. And it just mm -hmm. split. So I fucked up that car like royally right off the bat. But this this song, Alabama song, was, you know, the show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. And, you know, it's Jim Morrison and it's kind of, it's, it feels kind of mystical, but it's like, he was a big fucking drunk. Yes, he was. <laughs> I don't want to be too reductive and I apologize to any Doors fans out there, but there's a, uh, there's another great quote that um, Lester Bangs or less, is that what it is? Lester Bangs from Almost Famous, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays him and he says something yeah. about, he says something about. The doors are just drunken buffoons pretending to be poets, whereas, you know, Grand Funk Railroad were poets pretending to be drunken buffoons or something like that. But really, Grand <laughs> Funk Railroad. I think God so. Damn, Lister Banks. <laughs> so I really love this song. And I love mm -hmm. like it was sort of just this sort of new aesthetic to my drinking was like, let's go. Let's go to the whiskey bar. Let's go have some fun. Now, right. I wasn't old enough to drink at this point, but I love the doors or I wasn't old enough to drink out in public in bars, but I love the idea of like getting fucked up and being at a friend's house. And so it just had a, had a very, um, it was, it was kind of the starting point for my musical tastes were the doors and Jimi Hendrix. Did you know that this is a cover? I feel like I did. It's an old blues song. No, it's a song from a play that was written in the twenties in German. Huh? It was from a German play called Little Mahogany. I did not know that. Yeah, and David Bowie apparently did a copy of it too. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia right now. Oh, thank you. Because I was you. like, this sounds so <clears throat> like so musical. Not That sounds so stupid for me to say, but it sounds like a musical. Do you know what I mean? It sounds mm -hmm. very dated. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, yeah, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Jim yeah. Morrison, dude, like, I don't know. Great voice, bad poet. <laughs> beautiful i mean just amazing voice very haunting mm -hmm. and 
but it's just we, i don't want to ride a snake to the lake dude <laughs> yeah you were not yeah. a doors fan were you not necessarily but no. they had great fucking atmosphere yeah and there were nights very drunk nights with the doors with coda <laughs> actually and then i met you and then there were very <laughs> drunk nights with you and coda together in the doors which is way too intense but i mean you know coda screaming you know, drunk as shit, throwing beer bottles at a, a fucking chain link fence down here in Tucson, screaming, you know, five to one and one of five, no one here gets out alive. You know, like him screaming it and saying with all these hip hop graffiti dudes being like, yo, code is fucking metal, dude. He's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the the existential angst of youth. <laughs> yeah. It Ra works, raging works against a chain link fence with a beer bottle. Yes. <clears throat> um. So the next song is another song that to me more describes that sort of late teens, early twenties, my, I don't know, aesthetic or alcoholic oeuvre. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's the right word, but it's um, the old main drag by the Pogues. And it is featured in the movie, My Own Private Idaho about young male prostitutes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I believe that was, was that Gus Van Sant as well it as was Gus Van Drugstore Sant, yeah. Cowboy? Or yeah, no, Drugstore Cowboy is a fucking awesome movie. So those two movies together and this song was just this sort of like everyone's broke and drunk and sad and we'll figure it out. And, you know, it's um, the he just goes on and on about drinking. I mean, and you know, the Pogues, right? Um, yeah. What's, yeah. Ian, what's his name in uh, not Ian McShane? Yeah, it was Ian McShane from Deadwood and the Pokes. <laughs> um, I should know this, but he ain't got no teeth, though. Yes, he drank his teeth away. And yes. so, but there was the beginnings of this sort of romanticizing. Shane of, McGowan. Sorry. Shane McGowan, thank you. Um, not Ian McShane McGowan. That could be like a um, that's before and after shit. on uh, Wheel of Fortune. Anyhow, that's another niche right there. Um, so... I just really love this sort of, I was beginning to sort of, because I, I guess I was always kind of sad and melancholy and, you know, I, maybe the word maudlin is probably better, but that was always this sort of aesthetic that I, that I looked for and this sort mm -hmm. of longing for something else. And, and when you listen to the song, it's just got these sort of droning, I don't know if it's accordions at the beginning. And there was just this idea also of like, subculture and you know being subversive and being bohemia dude bohemia thank you living outside of regular life because regular life doesn't suit me and i'm not normal like other people and i don't fit in and so it You're became the fringes right on the outside <clears throat> right so it becomes yeah. the fringes and it becomes the not feeling normal and wearing it as a badge of uh pride you know and I know you're a big Pogues fan and they have a sort of whole punk rock thing as well. I'm like, okay, I'm not a big you're Pogues okay? fan actually. I'm like this, like they have some beautiful songs. Fairy Tale in New York is a gorgeous, mm -hmm. sad song. Another drunk song. This song is really fucking sad. <laughs> I was listening to a painting today and I'm like, <laughs> this mm -hmm. song is sad, but, and I know all these songs, most of these songs I know like just peripherally or because of the tattoo shop or because mm -hmm. of dating people that were into the pokes. But me, I was like not heavy into Irish music. Um, but this song is gross. 
<laughs> and not and not because of the sex work or anything like that it's just a gross like what he describes is the fucking grossest parts of alcoholism Living which i can also and... see and vomit and feces and people shitting on like and i know he means like i've been shat on in the um figurative sense you know but he mm -hmm. talks about being in the london tube and it's full of piss and shit and vomit and just those excretory aspects of alcoholism and like that degradation of oneself to survive and uh, and i i don't think in the song i don't think he's like oh i gotta make money to keep drinking to stay alive i think he's just like i gotta stay alive and getting fucked up as part of staying alive you know yeah so to me it like made me feel dirty like and getting fucked up as part of staying alive and that mm -hmm. that idea that there isn't another option that there isn't another path and i still i had these i had a memory the other night about how I would have the worst hangovers. Like I would be shaking all day and I wouldn't even be able to feel even remotely okay until like seven o'clock at night, right. knowing I had to go to work the next night and going like, I can't get fucked up tonight because I can't feel this way at work and just not being able to control myself. Like there was no other way. It never occurred to me to stop. It never occurred to me to say, hey, I got to stop drinking. The crazy part, dude, is that we just scratched the surface of how bad we could feel. Like literally, I mean, we could sit here and be like, we had the worst fucking hangovers. But like, as far as my bottom went, it was, yeah. and I can't speak for you, but like, I just was scratching the surface of with like four day hangovers and like the, the, the shakes and mm -hmm. shit. And I can sit here and say how bad it was, but there are dudes out there who have just fucking really gone into the depths of that shit, you know? And yeah. I'm so grateful I have it. And when I see them, it makes me, you know, there before the grace of God, which is one of those AA cliches, but it's true, man. Like I see that and I'm like, that dude's doing it for me, you know? I, I get a lot of this comparative shit sometimes, especially from like my mom and dad and, and they, they their hearts are in the right places, but they're always like, well, you know, so-and-so has it much worse or it's much worse for other people. And I'm like, I'm grateful for what I have. And I can see those other people out there almost like, it's not that I feel empathy, sympathy for them. I feel some empathy and I'm also grateful for them because they're almost, and this sounds really weird. It might sound kind of selfish, but they're like my mm -hmm. explorers. They're out there exploring for me. <laughs> they're in their space seeing spiders crawling out of their skin and shit. You know what I mean? Like, and that, like, I can't fathom that. And when I see that, it's not only a cautionary tale, but like my heart goes out to that because I know that I could absolutely be there and they could absolutely be where I'm at too. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? Yeah, they could. Uh, I, that's, I, I don't, I don't think it's selfish. I think it's the best way that we, we can, we can look at these things. You know, if these right. people are the explorers, this is their experience is the alcoholic national geographic. They're like the <laughs> research team for fucking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's totally true. And I, I just, I'm just like, blow, you're right that we didn't, we barely scratched the surface of how bad right. it feel. And so, and I don't mean to be minimal for our experience or my experience, because my experience mm -hmm. was profound to me. It was profound enough that I, I stopped, you know, at least for this mm -hmm. time being, I'm stopped in this moment in time, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I, I, I don't want to minimize it because it was, it was rough for us. So I imagine it could only get rougher. That's the, yeah. that's the only promise I had <coughs> from any of it is that it could just get a lot harder, mm -hmm. you know? It doesn't get easier. It's not like every day I wake up in these hangovers. I'm like, I got to figure it out. No, there's just a new day where I just shitting my pants is the regular thing to do. Like yeah. I just shit my pants now. Like that's just what I do. The bar yeah, just it's just lower and lower, <laughs> it's lower, and lower, and lower, lower, you know, 
Yeah. So this is what this song also reminds me of because he's like musing at the end of his life. I don't know if he's dying or whatever, but he's just like, I'm this shell of this person. And I was this vital yeah. young thing when I came into town, not only from the booze, but just the degradation of living that life has just hollowed me out. You know, I think yeah. it was a very good choice. The last line, the last uh, uh, part of it is, and now I'm lying here. I've, I've had too much booze. I've been spat on and shat on and raped mm -hmm. and abused. I know that I am dying and I wish I could beg for some money to take me from the old main drag. And it's like, there's just that I really love to wallow in my sadness. <laughs> yeah. So that's all right. It's your playlist dog. If it were all <laughs> Captain and Tennille, I'd be like, well, <clears throat> so fast forward to 1998. I've, I've met Jerry Wagner at this point. Dude, um, this song. He's fucking hip and cool. <laughs> and uh, he's got a wall of fedoras or at least a few. He started his collection. <laughs> And it's a you couple know, I, up here right now. <laughs> I was I was very much a bohemian kind of guy, right? You know, but I was very susceptible to to think, you know, you meet somebody and you're like excited. And I'm like, yeah, dude, let's get fucking the, the next song is Jump Drive and Whale, specifically the Brian Setzer Orchestra version of mm -hmm. this, because that's what we all got into. The swing yeah. movement was big. Everybody yeah. was listening to swing music. I remember you had all the fucking CDs. And, you know, we would listen to it. Like, even if we didn't go out, because at this point I had finally turned 21, mm -hmm. we'd like hang out at the house in suits and like listen to swing music and make yeah. cocktails or, you know, mm -hmm. whiskey on the rocks or whiskey Coke at that point. And in specifically, I remember watching this video for the song. I had to go back and look at it to make sure it was the right one. And I remember sitting with you in my house on Charlton and we're watching it. And I don't know why, if it was just on, I don't remember having MTV or maybe I just imagine you with like a VHS of Brian Setzer for some maybe reason. Maybe. Because it seems like something you might have. Yeah. Something you picked up at CD World or whatever it was called. Yeah. And um, we're watching it and it's super shiny and beautiful and everybody's dancing and they're, you know, everyone's hair is right and they're playing guitar. And at one point there's this big tray of martinis and it's kind of sloshing in slow motion through the crowd. And you looked at me or you leaned over and you said something like, they make it look really sexy, don't they? <laughs> or something like that. I don't, and I don't know, you, I don't think you were made, I think you were genuine, genuinely mm -hmm. like, that's awesome. That's super mm -hmm. cool. I don't yeah. think you were making some commentary about the, the. I wasn't you know, being jaded and. No, I don't think so. I was like, look at that shiny, all those, all that shiny shit. Yeah. Shiny booze. And that was one thing where I was like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Look at that. That's super cool. And I, it was just kind of this funny little moment that I remember thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to hang out mm -hmm. in bars and I want to comb my hair up right. And I want to, mm -hmm. you know, look good and I want to be sharp. And it was this whole like bravado swagger, you know, and that and nobody listens to swing music anymore. Not really. Because <laughs> me listening to the song, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is the Brian Setzer version. I don't like, mm -hmm. I don't really like this version. I don't dislike it. You know what? But you did at one point you had, the I CD, did. I right? really did because it was yeah. hot in the nineties, but then mm -hmm. looking back on it, it seems very plastic compared to like the Prima, the Louis Prima version yes. is, I still think it goes. Yes. I still do. I think it's a bop. I do. The Louis mm -hmm. Prima version is dope because Louis Prima, like that, that jump swing that they were doing back then was fucking wild. Mm -hmm. That was like wild shit at the time. That was punk rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but this Brian Setzer one seems like too, because it, it's his orchestra. So it's like, right. I was going to say, it seems too orchestrated. It seems like something you would hear in a Target, which it, it absolutely was. And something you you'd hear in now. a Gap commercial. But yes. when we were listening to it back then, 
it was fucking fresh because what were what was I coming into it with my experience of like mid nineties hip hop and punk rock. And then all of a sudden I was like, man, we should start combing our hair really cool. And like yeah. doing throwback shit. Like I was watching other people doing that, imitating that. And then justifying my drinking through that too. And being like, Oh, it's just, we're just part of this whole cocktail culture, you know, but cocktail culture too. Yeah. Yeah. But now I listen to it. And it just sounds like a Christmas album. Like it just mm-hmm. sounds there's no soul in it. It just sounds real manufactured to me. Yeah. And not that I'm trying to dog your music because now I'm like, Ugh. no, well, I mean, this is your, some of your songs on this playlist are fucking dope. dude. I picked this one specifically <laughs> because of that moment, not because mm-hmm. I loved it so much. Oh, okay. I would agree with you that the Louis Prima one is better. Yeah. I would agree with you um, that it does sound a little plastic, but specifically this one reminded me of that moment. And I don't, yeah. there's just something there that clicked. And I was like, yes, cocktail culture, getting it's like dressed up. they're trying up. to sell us exactly Ooh, you know but i don't like, think like yeah you weren't being cynical commercial. you were loving it i think no we i was because it. in my mind i was like this is the shit right here this is so different everybody's all dressed to the nines there's fucking booze everywhere there's pretty girls with seam you know pantyhose seams tattooed up their legs and they all have fucking victory curls and <laughs> liberty curls and shit and mm-hmm. yeah this is it right here and like i look back on it now and i'm like of course that's like a young man's folly i'm like yeah i was just taken in by the pretty lights and everything not realizing the insincerity of it all you know mm-hmm. or maybe it just rings more insincere now that i'm older and i'm like man i've been in those crowds and it just smells weird <laughs> yeah you know what and i mean were, and there were fun moments but they were it wasn't all bad it was awesome no. yeah but we went to one indigo swing song uh that was uh, fucking hilarious where i got i danced with the girl and she she asked me to dance and i was like what and then later i found out that she tours with the band and that's oh her really job. yes so her job is to go and get guys who are not dancing to come out and dance and she'll mm-hmm. she'll like dance or whatever which i don't think i felt i think it made me feel really good like That's i didn't nice to I dance didn't, with a girl i didn't feel like oh i had been cheated or that i had been lied to in some way but when we got to talking and i was like oh that's cool and so i i, I had a blast that year that was probably i mean there were very few consequences and well there was plenty of destruction the and consequences there, weren't high stakes, right? Like you would just lose a shitty job at a coffee shop and yep. get another shitty job at a hospital. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or like, you'd be like, oh, my phone bill's way too fucking high. I need to just pay that off. Nobody cleaned the out. kitchen for three months and we got kicked out of that house. But that didn't seem like, <laughs> you know, that it's didn't not gonna, seem In odd. the grand scheme of things, it's not going to affect, like I'm not going to die from it. You know? The neighbor took Ben and I to court or we had to go to court because of a noise complaint, but that didn't seem like a big deal. I was like, yeah. fuck it, whatever. Like I didn't, you I had never... to go to court because of a noise complaint. Really? You guys were yeah. that fucking loud. Yeah, we were. They neighbors sued you like in civil court that we got a ticket. Oh, so that's, oh. that was the thing. So we got a ticket for a noise complaint from the police. Mm-hmm. And so we had to keep going back to court and the court said the first time they said, you need to pay the bail. And I was like, I don't have $500. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, then you come back in like, two months or something or a month mm. and then again we went oh. back i think we went back like three times and the last time the prosecutor and the public defender made us sit in the lobby of the courthouse <clears throat> and then they came back out and they said we're going to dismiss this because we just kept showing up without money and i was like uh-huh. this is what we're going to do again oh this is the neighbor across the street who was the yes. fire he was like a firefighter his name was like something. randy or something yes yeah. yes yeah. that guy was an asshole though he was an asshole so were we um, yeah <laughs> He was a fucking asshole though. Like he lived across the street. That dude lived yeah. far enough away that he didn't, your noise wasn't that bad. Yeah. He just I was don't... like, those guys are weird and probably gay. Right. 
But and you I, were loud, <laughs> but you were, it wasn't, yeah. I thought it was like your next door, like sharing a wall no. that I can see. Yeah. No, no, it was a, it was, a, it was, we were, we were away from him. Well, maybe yeah. you guys were lighting fireworks off in the street though or something. <laughs> the next song is called, <laughs> <laughs> we, well, that was, a, that was in front of, uh, was that Kenny's house or something? Lighting fireworks yes, out of that, my butt crack? There was so many fireworks, yeah, out of your butt crack. You became like the uh, hip-hop legend after that. All the hip-hop guys are like, yo, your friend John's crazy. And I'm like, he just shot a bottle rocket out of his ass crack. That's not that crazy. And they're like, no, that's crazy, that's dude. crazy. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Kenny said something. Uh, I was telling him, I, was, I, I shared the story about the killers. I think it shared it on Facebook. And he said, great to see you. And he said, he said that was peak naked John. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I, I should I have to write him back that Peak Naked John was probably wearing the paper Tyvek suit, dancing around with the uh, the safety, safety goggles glasses, on at yeah. the hip hop show that you guys uh -huh. did. Mm -hmm. But um, so the next song is called "Drink" <laughs> by They Might Be Giants. You and had I arrows. Sorry, wait. You had arrows drawn on it. In oh, marker, to pointing my, to your to crotch, crotch and your asshole. There were arrows yes. drawn on it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And I think I, just... I sprayed hair. I hairsprayed my hair. Were like real weird, like high. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm gonna go fucking dance at a hip hop show in yep. Eugene. So and those like... hip hop dudes like, yo, your friend Nasty John is crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, why are y'all talking like that? You live in Eugene. But and yeah, I got off on the attention. Oh, I got yeah. off on the attention. So fucking funny, dude. Oh, but... Yo, dude. Um. Crazy. So the next one is called "Drink" by They Might Be Giants, and I don't know if it's. I mean, it's kind of a sad song. He's, I think it's kind of sad. Yeah, he says, let's drink, drink. This town is so great. Drink, drink, because it's never too late to drink, drink, to no big surprise. But what words rhyme with buried alive? Mm -hmm. And so I think in this one, it has the sort of feeling of, obviously, it's a drinking song, but mm -hmm. it's sort of that camaraderie, like, let's drink. Let's try to have this moment of happiness while we get fucked up. But really, like, to no big surprise, because we're not learning anything new. Mm -hmm. What words rhyme with buried alive, being buried alive by alcoholism? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. just, that just the center the moment, of it, yeah. even though there was a lot of fun and camaraderie and stuff like that, that for me personally, there was always like a center of sadness and I was always lacking something. That's why I wanted to act out. That's why I wanted to be crazy. That's why I wanted to be nasty, naked John. Yeah. That's why, you know, all that stuff. So this song made me think of, when I would listen to it when it came out when I was younger mm -hmm. whenever it came out it made me think of you in Seattle mm, yeah like, because around that time yeah because and also because it's like you're in this this town is so great and you're this new town and these new things are happening and like you have this new job and you're in your monkey suit on your cigarette break like sitting outside in your little uniform from your coffee shop like smoking mm -hmm. a cigarette and like the just lunchtime crowd won't even wait you know you know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. just busy and there's movement and you're in this new place and you're all drinking and overcome with this new giant city where millions of people live, but it's also still like, you're still on your little hamster wheel. Well, back then I didn't think of you on a little hamster wheel of alcoholism, but when I look on it now, like in my experience, you just still slowly burying yourself. Was that suicide on the layaway plan? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just kind of digging yeah. your grave with a spoon, you know, basically, yeah. basically so i'm going to switch up the order here now that i'm i'm looking at all this right now but mm -hmm. i want to go next to uh deacon blues dude this song's because... fucking cut i listened to it twice <clears throat> it is a great song um yes. with there's the um again this goes into the dark seedy bar melancholy sadness you know he uh, he talks about 
drink scotch whiskey all night long and die behind the wheel mm-hmm. and sort of romanticizing drinking and driving anyone <laughs> right like and it just it's 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 all about i think it's about i think what it's about is like uh you know a sad jazz musician learning to work the saxophone i just play what i feel back to the wall victim of laughing chance this is this is for me the essence of true romance Mm-hmm. you know and so and he just talks about just sort of wandering the streets and being in this gritty weird sort of dark place like it's all about the nighttime it's all about yeah. it's all about just drinking and hanging out with seedy people and all that kind of stuff um and they i need a name for it and i call myself deacon blue and i don't know like what the deacon part of it is because a deacon is a is a priest right right a father right he's a deacon so i don't know if there's some sort of deeper meaning you know my interpretation of it is really different Mm -hmm. than yours okay and and uh, every time i'd hear the song i would picture a dad who is married with a couple of kids Mm -hmm. and his life is fucking boring and all he ever wanted to do was play music like play Mm -hmm. jazz music and live this really seedy live the lifestyle you're explaining Mm -hmm. the lifestyle that you see i see this man imagining he's living that lifestyle but he's a fucking loser like he's just a a boring not a loser but in his own mind he's a loser and so he's this boring dad and so alabama is this like winning team and they're always winning so they're winners they got a name for the winners in the world you know i want to name when i lose when i lose so they call alabama Mm -hmm. the crimson tide because they're always winning he's like so call me deacon blues you know Mm -hmm. because they're a crimson tide so I always thought, well, maybe he's playing with the word crimson with the blue. Like, he's like, well, I'm a fucking loser because I didn't do whatever I wanted to do. And I'm going to sit in my garage and learn how to work the saxophone mm, mm-hmm. as best as I can. Or I play just what I feel or whatever. And so I always took it as like a um, older, like a guy my age looking back going, damn, I could have done this as a young man. And now I'm going to try it. It's like me trying to start hip hop groups again. This whole song's about me trying to restart my rap career. <laughs> in my opinion the way i look at it but i right. see the way you look at it too because he's like a viper and he moves at night and he's like mm-hmm. this seedy kind of uh, once again there's this theme that we both relate to of being on the fringes of things mm-hmm. never Loser. in the middle never fucking be in the middle you know what i mean because you know why they wouldn't at least for me personally they didn't want me in the middle so fuck you i'm not going to be in the middle no. i'm not going to be with you guys in the herd I'm going to be out on the edges doing weird shit, peeing on people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Working the saxophone. I don't mm-hmm. know where peeing on people came <laughs> you know? from, but you know, like. Consensually, of course, but still. Of course. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be this bohemian fucking. Right. This in excess shirtless and expressive. Mm-hmm. And But yes. this song, I love this song. It's such a fucking great song. It's so uh-huh. slinky and weird and like. Wanting to be a it loser. It sounds like drinking wanting- though. Yeah, it sounds like drinking. That's a great mm-hmm. way to put it. It definitely sounds like it drinking. sounds like the beginning of drinking. It sounds yes. like drink three to six. Mm-hmm. Not the and, bad part of drinking. The, and the again, part where you're light and everybody likes you. Romanticizing you some dim. Yeah. yeah, smoking cigarettes and just not feeling, you know, I never felt good. I never felt strong when I was drinking. I always felt wild. I felt, mm-hmm. um, you know, out of control. Mm-hmm. Although I wouldn't tell you that I would say I'm, I'm in control, Yeah, but it was not about, it was no, not like a, control. <laughs> it was not a healthy power. It was a mm-hmm. fucking chaotic madness that I was yes. for because I didn't want to mm-hmm. think about anything else. I didn't want to like, I didn't 
I didn't work on anything. I didn't work on myself in my twenties. <laughs> not uh, no. Not in a constructive but who did, way. I mean, I've, yeah. if we were in our 20s and we met a 20-year-old who's working on themselves, they'd be like, Darn. you're a fucking weirdo, dude. Right. Yeah. But, so the, the whole idea of the loser and wanting a name when I lose because I felt like a loser and because I wanted to wear it as a source of... A badge of pride, dude. badge of pride. Because yeah. I'm not one of you. And it's really, I think it's very interesting when you describe yourself that you never felt strong when you drank and you said you felt uh wild and what was the other word out of control which are two mm -hmm. words i would totally describe you as drinking and then i think about how i felt when i drank and i felt smooth and that i mm -hmm. could talk to women but then mm -hmm. it, it was mostly just talk to women and be sociable and not mm -hmm. and feel okay in my own skin and not like this not like this fucking weirdo who wasn't allowed in the group you know yeah. but that's okay because i'm gonna stay outside of the group like a hyena and drink a fucking fifth of whiskey and try to snatch up all your girls and your booze and you know whereas like i gravitated towards you because i was like john will totally pop the chain off and that's fucking awesome like i want to <laughs> so pop the fun. chain off yeah. but i'm so <clears throat> i was so fucking self-absorbed with how i look to other people that i never wanted to get too out of control which by the end it was didn't it didn't matter out. anyway right yeah, it didn't matter in the beginning i was like man i just want to uh, affect an affectation to how cool I am, you know, and I just wanted the attention. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, there were some, there were, I have several lifelong friendships that have come out of this time and this period and stuff like that. So yeah, there was, there, I am grateful for the camaraderie that we had. Um, I think that I don't think the alcohol is funny, right? Because there was a period where it seemed to work and it seemed like it seemed like it. Now well, we have the, to, that's the rub, right? The first one's mm -hmm. free. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, and anything by Steely Dan, Steely Dan was the fucking, I am, I celebrate their entire catalog, you know? Yeah. Um, but so next, next one. And this, this one, is where it starts to go downhill though. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, yeah, dude, dude. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I got, I got, I got explanations for all of these. So I know why you picked this one. If we're talking about the one you're talking about. Yeah. We're jumping to the fire by yes. Harry Nilsson. You go first. So, I know why you did this though. But. So I've listened to this song and if you, mm -hmm. if you know the movie Goodfellas, you probably know this song. It's got the rolling bass line. Yeah. It sounds like fucking. Ugh. So this is the song that I imagine alcohol is singing to me. Oh yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah. Alcohol mm -hmm. says to me, it says to me, you can climb a mountain, you can swim the sea, you can jump into the fire, but you'll never be free. You can yeah. shake me up Ooh. or I can break you down. And he's and he repeats this over and over. We can make each other happy. Oh, we can make yes. each other happy. Yeah. We can make each other happy. We can make yeah. it. And so there's not, I mean, that's the extent of the lyrics. It's basically just two, there's not couplets. What are they called? Whatever it is. There's there's two two verses, mm -hmm. but he says, and that's all there is, and it's just a bunch of like screaming after that, and like yeah. roaring bass lines, and the <laughs> yeah. fucking the drum solo in the middle that's just super intense. I love this song. It, there's very few seven minute songs that I can listen to over and over, and this yes. is one of them. But this that's, is a cut, dude. So yeah. that's how I imagine this: is it's alcohol saying, "Come with me, we can wow. make each other happy. Yeah, you, know, you can do all of this stuff." but you'll never be free. And mm -hmm. that's the, that's the, that's the rub right there. And I said, yes, I said, let's do it. Let's fucking, let's climb the mountain and swim the sea. Let's be happy. I don't need to be free, you know? Right. So that's where this one comes in. What was your, 
No, it wasn't my interpretation. I just know that you listened to that Chapo Trap House where they used it in the beginning oh. and they were talking about it. And I know you were like, fuck, I like this song. Mm-hmm. I forgot all about this song. Yeah, because this is the song of desperation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your interpretation is perfect, though. But this is absolutely the song. And that scene in the movie, and I don't know if it's within context of the movie or not, but it just, to me, always sounds like coked out desperation. Yep. Like alcohol just desperately, desperately just trying to even everything out but then every plate you're trying to over you know put back in place and other plates falling out it's like you're constantly in motion moving trying to make mm-hmm. everything work you know but lyrically i didn't think of it from that angle and that's fucking great this album nilson schmilson or whatever i have it yeah right, i did when i was in point blank rangers in that hip-hop band in eugene in the early 2000s my dj had this album as a joke like he just thought the cover was so fucking funny and the name it's was him funny. in a bathrobe and a cup yeah, of he'd never played the album though. He'd just take it out and be like, yo, we need to sample this dude's fucking dope. And it would be like uh-huh. Nelson with the coffee mug, but he never listened to the record. He just was like, look at this corny ass dude with this corny ass name, not realizing that this fucking album is gangster as fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. But when we were kids, we were like, look at that silly dude in his bathrobe, this silly motherfucker, not realizing that this whole album is pretty damn good dude yeah it's and this good. song is fucking pretty much coke and fucking tequila <laughs> it is it's coke way. and tequila and you know what's funny is harry nilson roll around los angeles doing coke and tequila shots with them um, or whatever with john lennon and they would go get fucking yeah, coked up go. they would go mm-hmm. record some shit they would go drink and they would just like go on benders together <clears throat> which you know in theory sounds like it might be an amazing time but it also sounds fucking exhausting obnoxious Ugh, and dude horrible right regardless of who these people were um and i i think that you know when you're in the bouts and the the depths of alcoholism very few people give a shit about your talent if you're just being an asshole and destructive you know yeah but but yeah so this Someone one lets just... you get away with it though if you're famous <laughs> if you're famous mm-hmm. you get away with a lot of shit right. until you stop getting away with it yeah um you can shape me up shake me up or i can break you down and I was like, yeah, it just, it just rung to me like, boom, that's what alcohol was. Johnny fever shit, dude. <laughs> it's like your, that was one of your other fucking drunken aliases was Johnny fever. Who was, you know, who like, was the actor who played Johnny fever on WKR? Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman. Yes. Yes. I feel like wherever my hair is going these days, it's very Howard Hessman. You're hessing it out, dude. You got to get a <laughs> denim vest and shit and just start hessing, hessing it up, dude. God bless this Hess, dude. <laughs> God bless this Hess. That's good. That'd be good yeah. on a t-shirt. Nobody that would. Fucking you mess, can have but... it. You All can right. have it. None of the listeners can have it. All right. I'm going to work you. on, I'm going to get on Canva and start that design today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Tom, Tom Waits. I we do. Address the Tom Waits in the room, dude. Yes. Oh, God. So. I'm going to address the Tom Waits I didn't in the mean, room. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just... so, no, that's fine. So now that I have finally, I have full form, dug deep, sitting in the fucking muck and the mud that is alcoholism actively. Yeah. Uh, I am bartending at this point. This is like 06 is where the, we're going to go from like 06 to 07 or 08 or something like that. And um, I fall in love with Tom Waits. I mean, I yeah. think I did before. I, we always had like the two... Um, 
there was like two early years of his and I used to listen to him with Schwabi. And again, maudlin, melancholy, romanticizing alcoholism. You know, Tom Waits is sober now and I met him in Petaluma. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it was very, he didn't yeah. know what the fuck was. I just went up to him on the street. Of course, you're just another Waits. fucking dude in his 40s. He's he like, kind of oh, dresses great. like you. Yeah. Um, that's how I imagine you're going to look in another 30 years. Yeah, huh? probably. <laughs> same just, shirt this shirt's gonna last forever yeah. dude yeah <laughs> um and i just went mr waits i just want to say i'm a really big fan and it was really inspiring you know you yeah. being sober and yeah yeah kid all right kid. like yeah right. i think that's all he said yeah and i was like okay and i left he was just waiting for his <laughs> wife outside of the second hand store watching you he's got 911 <laughs> and speed dial like, <laughs> basically yeah. um but so I was dating a woman and it, I was, I was her rebound and she ended up, obviously this was not meant to be and that's fine. And that's great. And I don't have anything bad to say about her, nah. but it was a very short lived relationship. And, um, for the next year after that, I think I would almost always play Tom Waits. Like I would play like all 14 albums on repeat, Good you know, Lord. on shuffle at the Good bar Lord. that I worked at. Dramatic motherfucker. <laughs> candles, low light, lots of candles. It was like, oh, yeah. Nobody wanted to be there. I didn't even want to be there. But this song, Bad Liver and a Broken Heart. Jesus. I mean, I don't even need to, you you get the gist of it without me telling you what the, yeah. uh, um, I don't have a drinking problem except when I can't get a drink. Yeah. You know, and he starts going off about this woman and how, you know, I always loved like she was sharp as a razor and soft as a prayer. And it's just him and the piano. And, um, and so I'll meet you at the bottom of a bottle of bargain scotch. I got me a bottle and a dream. It's so maudlin, it seems. You can name your poison. Go on ahead and make some noise. I ain't sentimental. Mm -hmm. And so I'll see your red label and I'll raise you one more. Um, you can pour me a cab. I just can't drink. I can't drink no more because I, I don't douse the flames that are started by Dame. So it's, it's, it's a lamentation about a relationship gone bad, obviously, because yeah. of alcohol. Obviously, um, because... He was drinking too much. And when I hear it now, like I still get those feelings. Like I, I Tom Waits is one of those artists for me that really still evokes those. I can kind of get sucked into that moment in yeah. time. I don't have to stay there anymore, which I did for God for almost a fucking year after that. Breakup, oh, I know. Cause I really thought like that was, I really thought that was it, you know? And it's why not? I mean, I was, yeah somebody was paying attention to me and that's really at that point was all it took. Right. And that obsessive compulsive fucking mm -hmm. trigger, you know, mm -hmm. just put you in that loop, mm -hmm. that loop of what if, or what was, or yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I this picked one this I, one. Yeah. You skipped. Is that what you're going to oh, say? Oh, I absolutely skipped this one. Yeah. I don't like this song. <laughs> I don't, I've never liked it though. I like, yo, pasties at a G string on this album's the shit. <laughs> yeah. This so, song is the, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, man. And I know it means a lot to you, and I don't want to be too critical of it. Please. I just didn't like it's okay. it. It's just, it's so fucking corny, dude. It's just such a corny ass song to me. It really, and I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to dog you or anything. It's just mm -hmm. lyrically, I'm like, all right, Tom. Okay, yeah. Tom. All right, Tom. There's a it, bottom it is, front of me, frontal lobotomy. Okay. These things, though, in the early 80s had never been said or had never been. No, they been, were like, wild in the early 80s. They were right? just like, meet me at the bottom of a bottle. Holy fuck. But, you know, due to my 40s, I'm like, <sighs> yeah. Listen to Deacon Blues again. <laughs> which i did yeah. and i'm not trying to be rude because i there was there was actually i'd skipped another song on this playlist too but we'll talk about it well so 
So go ahead and insert whatever Tom Waits song you want that that sings Pace to you. Pace is in, in this... the G string because he says I'm harder than Chinese arithmetic algebra, <laughs> which is also corny as fuck. But for some reason, Makes like, you laugh. I, well, just because he's like, Ted is here, Ted is there, Ted is everywhere in your underwear, big brassy balls, you know. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. fucking funny. No, but you know what? I, I, it's, this it's just the this piano song, has been drinking. This song is appropriate for the time it was in. And that's why I picked it. That's Not why. Yeah, this isn't larger. my playlist. This is right. your playlist. This is if we were sitting in the living room hanging out and you're like, what do you think of this song? I'd be like, I don't like this song. So I'm just mm-hmm. being honest. I'm not yeah. trying to be contrary. Like no. if we were having this conversation privately, I'd be like, Ugh, no. this song, John, I always thought this song was corny and always made me feel bad that you picked this song to feel bad about. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, and you're right. It is corny. When I look back and I was just reading it just now, like reading the lyrics, I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus. You know, but at the moment in the, in the uh, yeah, period, in the mo- at it the- was absolutely appropriate. Just like jump driving whale in the period was appropriate. And I look back on it now and I'm like, you're trying to sell me a credit card for Macy's? Like, goddamn. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, so we go from there and I kind of want to fast forward here to a little mm-hmm. bit of the um, coming, the, the sobriety and, um, and there's a reason I put them in this order. I love this song, Cold Turkey by John. Yeah, good, I've never heard this song before. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the first time I heard it was today, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, so it's a great song. Except for the um, angry screaming. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, I think that that epitomizes <laughs> the fucking like. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. But I didn't realize it was just John Lennon fucking peeing his pants in the studio. It made me laugh a little bit because I was like, oh, wow, all you need is love, man. <laughs> hey, come on, John. So John Lennon. Yeah, you know, he says, fever is rising, can't see no future, can't see no sky, my feet are so heavy, so is my head, I wish I was a baby, I wish I was dead, and you're like, Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, cold turkey, and, you know, he just goes on and on, can't, my eyes are wide open, can't get to sleep, one thing I'm sure, I'm in, I'm in at the deep freeze, and, you know, 36 hours rolling in pain, praying to someone, free me again. Oh, I'll be a good boy. Please make me well. I promise you anything. Get me out of this hell. Yeah, dude. So, Some desperation right there, buddy. The desperation. That's even different desperation than the other, des- than, than fucking Nilsson Schmilson. Mm-hmm. Nilsson Schmilson's desperation is like a hard desperation. Like a good, it feels good to be this desperate. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm multitasking where you're not, but in your brain, you're like, I'm working mm-hmm. it all at once. And I got mm-hmm. every, fuck yeah, I'm a hard, hot running machine. And this is like a harder desperate. This is a sad desperation. In my mm-hmm. mind, the way it yeah. made me feel. And yeah. I think it's about heroin too. I don't think it, but I mean, it could yeah, be. Yeah, which anything. is a bitch, dude. They're both, right. all that shit's hard to kick though. You do enough of anything, it's hard to fucking quit, dude. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just love this. And this, the end where he's like, the, the music is getting chaotic and he just starts screaming. And it's like, yeah, you probably don't <laughs> want that on like at the work site or something like that. No. You know? mm-hmm. But I'll listen to it in my car and I'm like, yes, I understand what you're feeling, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just your head's on fire and you can't fucking sleep and like yeah. all early sobriety pains, just trying to like detox your body of anything and everything. Um, and so the next song, which means more to me in sobriety than it ever did while I was actively drinking. Mm-hmm. It's called Pour Me Another by yeah. Atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And not only is it just a great song, it's got a great beat. But he goes into, um, it's basically just about how, what a fucking drunk he is, right? And that he's touring the country. Um, yeah. 
there's so, there's a few there's a few of these songs uh, a few of these lyrics I'm reading them right now break another promise and take me as a hostage um, spill a little blood on the streets for love that goes to those who know they drink too much and hold your own glass up to the heavens take a little time and try to count the seconds and he just goes on pour me another so I can forget you now pour me another so I could come let you down, pour me another so I can remember how true I am to this addiction of you. Mm -hmm. Drink it all away, numb it down to none. Um, stay, stay awake tonight and wait for the sun. Um, one double for the hunger and the struggle, two for the fool trying to pull apart the puzzle, three now. I smile while I wait for your rebuttal. By the fourth shot, I'm just another child in a bubble. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. There's multiple lines that are beautifully written, I think, and really yeah. poignant. Um, and so I remember listening to this while drinking. I was like, yeah, it's fucking cool, dude. Pour me another, right? Like, and I listen to it now and it, it really touches my heart. It's like on my running playlist and it's a yeah, I know. song. It's what that fucks you up when you're running, how you yes, all tear it does. up and shit. I yeah. get a little, I get a little glassy eyed and I like, I'm just fucking push this. And so, you know, in my head now when I'm running, when I think about the addiction that I'm true to, I'm like, well, it's the fucking pavement now. I'm just mm -hmm. going to pound through that pavement, pound through that pain, you know? And so it's more of a motivational song for me now mm -hmm. to remember this whole, like, where I came from, where I'm at now. And that's how I see this song. Not just, and it's got a good beat. What do you think? I don't like Slug anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for something. <laughs> I don't listen to it's a, a lot beautiful of song and his lyrics are fucking great in it, but it just slugged to me now. I'm like, I've outgrown it. Yeah. But now that I'm looking at the lyrics, I'm like, fuck, this song is actually pretty fucking gangster, dude. Like, yeah, in the sense that it's profound, it's very profound. Mm -hmm. I loved it when I was drinking. This is one of the songs I loved more when I was drinking than when I was sober, huh. actually, because the romanticized version of being a broken thing, right? Being a broken person, right. that whole that whole refrain that whole chorus you were talking about the verse you're talking about where he's talking about he's going through and saying you know it's like he's having a back and forth with a woman and he's like fourth shot third shot second mm -hmm. shot let your frustration out the gate and let the pony run it's like him having this back and forth to me it was always like having a back and forth with a woman and they're playing that little fucking game mm -hmm. slug and i are weird man i know he's grown up a lot it, you know i love the atmosphere very much dude and now I just, it's just lost. It's like lost its luster to me. Cause now it just sounds kind of drunk and misogynistic sometimes. And, and not in the same way that it's overtly misogynistic. It's like sad boy misogynistic. Like mm -hmm. it's hard to explain. I don't know. His relationship with women are fucked up and he like would revel in it and be like, my relationship with women is fucked up. And I love that I'm fucked up. And so was, and, and I think it's a reflection of how I was as a person back then. So it makes me uncomfortable now. And you've changed. I you have feel changed. Like listening so to those now, things. I just, it's like looking in a mirror and seeing old me looking back and being like, man, you kind of gross. Like, ugh. right. Like right. you had some good ideas and I like your hat or whatever, but you just kind of gross, dude. Like, <laughs> but to you that you can take this and use it as a motivation to keep pushing yourself and anything is fucking mm -hmm. great. Like yeah. that's great because you're taking that thing that was such an absolute negative, that idea, that compulsion and flipping it into something that's an absolute positive, I think is way better than the way I'm looking at it where I'm like, uh, do you look like a face drawn on a thumb? Get the fuck out of here. You know, like, yeah, 
It's true. It's it's just it's one of those songs that I, are I don't put mean on to be or... critical slug, you know, like or of you, what you like because I know you love mm-hmm. it. Once again, this is your playlist, and I'm just like, Ugh. I'm asking you for your opinion. It's fine. You are. I know. Um, I got tons of them. No, but now I don't. I don't. I don't listen to all of Atmosphere anymore. Not like I used to. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular sticks with me. Um, yeah. I, so I just and if you there's one, the the last line is. Um, Something about mornings after and walks of shame. The bartender knows me by my real name. Bartender knows me by my real name. Right. Because he doesn't call him slug. He calls him Sean. Do you know what I mean? Like he doesn't, uh, we're so close. He doesn't even call me my rap name. He calls him my real name. Right. So my alter ego. mm -hmm. Or I'm not known here by my alter ego. He's all right. He's slug, man. He does that whole shit where he's like, why can't you see how precious you are? I love you, girl. You're the most precious broken thing in the world, but you're a fucking bitch. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. When I was yeah. young, I was like, yeah, that's it. You're this fucking razor fucking razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that. So like that. it's just weird. Anyhow. So this puts me on the sort of precipice. Makes you of run. That. Makes me run. It's a little bit of right. solid. You know, like <laughs> I can see it make you run, though. This is a great song to run, run to. And I, I, you know, so it's just it's one of those little little nuggets where I take it in there and it's just. I, it go, takes me from going like five miles and then I'll put this on and I'll be like, let's go fucking do seven. Yeah. That song balance of his, I'm going to put that on my running playlist. It's okay. a fucking great running song. They um, love the taste of blood. Yeah. That song trying to find a balance. That song is good. To oh run yes. This, I know that one. Yeah. This so one's good too, next though. up, I think I sent this to you. I sent this to you a couple years ago, this song. Um, this yes. is, uh, we are going to talk about, I um, laughed at you. Well, it depends on which one to fly yeah, by Ario <laughs> Speedwagon. Now, again, this could be seen as corny ass lyrics. Ooh, um, it's, and, you know what though? And Think I sent it to you and yeah. I said, I said, I feel like this is my relationship with alcohol right here and getting, and sober. did I make fun of you? You didn't, you, you were like, well, you were like, God damn it, John. You made me listen to this song in a different way, and now I kind of like it, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny you said it because today I was thinking the same thing. God, that's weird. So and I just so, I don't change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so it is a bit. It could be seen as a bit corny and a bit dated and a bit played out. Um, but this is again one of these like sort of sad love songs between me and alcohol. You know. Yeah. I've been around for you, been up and down for you but I just can't get any relief. I've swallowed my pride for you. I've lived and lied for you, but you still make me feel like a thief. And this is me talking to, to alcohol. You've got me stealing your love away because you never get it, peeling the years away and we can't relive it. Oh, I make you laugh and you make me cry. I believe it's time for me to fly. Mm-hmm. And that would be me, you know, telling alcohol, like I got to fucking go. Like, great, we had some good times. Yeah. But like you have never been there for me and you've always promised me and you've broken every promise. Yes. And it makes so much more <laughs> sense though, being about alcohol. Cause I was listening to the lyrics it. today, right? And I'm like, this is a fucking love song, but this dude is singing about booze and now I'm hearing uh-huh. it differently, which is funny. We had that conversation previously cause I don't recall it. And then I'm yeah. sitting in the garage painting, listening to this. And I'm like, this is about booze. This has <laughs> to be about booze. Like this isn't, this mm. Either that or this mm-hmm. woman fucking sucks, dude. Right? Like, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. You said we'd work it out. You said you had dude. no doubt that deep down we were really in love. Oh, but I'm tired of holding on to a feeling I know is gone. I do believe I've had enough. Yeah. I had enough dude. of the falseness of the of a worn out relation, enough of the jealousy and intoleration. Oh, I make you laugh and you make me cry. I believe it's time for me to fly. 
And so, and then, you know, it's all time for me to fly. fly. Just, this is on my running playlist too. I bet it is, dude, because this (laughs) shit, never did I think when I was a little kid sitting in the dentist office and this is playing over the speakers in the dentist office that I'd be like a 45 year old man relating it to alcohol, you know. No, but that's how I saw it and it touched me. And I think the first time, I don't know when I heard it or when I was listening to it, but this is another one that made me cry. <laughs> this one did? Yeah, a little bit, oh. a little bit. Is this dude Canadian? Like, These guys are Canadian, aren't they? Maybe, no, he maybe. sounds Canadian. This is one of the ones you teared up, huh? Because mm-hmm. like, oh, I was like, is... I'm finally getting like- You're I'm... free. Well, I can see mm-hmm. though, like the the the, <clears throat> the 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 key is really a freeing, like up kind of up not a it's like a major key and there's all this change mm-hmm. and transition mm-hmm. in it and he's like letting go it's time for me to fly you mm-hmm. know like i've unburdened my weight of you and now uh, i have this new lease on life i can mm-hmm. see it i can yeah. see it so that was that was something and 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 again sometimes i skip over it in my running playlist and sometimes i get into it depending on yeah. where i'm at my shit is way varied like i don't go by bpms or anything this one like didn't that. make me cry no, this one didn't. No, I wouldn't cry to this one. But the no. next one. Totally so, had you ever heard this song cry. before? Yeah, I have. And it's okay. totally made me cry before. Okay. And I was getting hot in the eyes listening in the garage because I'm like, oh shit. Like, what a great song, dude. So, yeah. so this one is, um, this one's also on my running playlist. And I actually run really? to the, well, I, instead of running to the beat, it's the slide guitar that I go like, yeah, that I go this to. Is slower, it's slow BPS. So it's very slow. It's like um, but so this is called, this is a song called Change by Blind Melon. And mm-hmm. um, Blind Melon's lead singer, Shannon Hoon, died of a heroin overdose. Yeah, it was 1994 sad. or three? No, it was, no, it was later than that. It was okay. like 96, I think. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to read um, a couple of the lyrics here. He says, there's the beginning of it is, I don't feel like the sun's coming out today. I'm staying in it's going to find it. It's staying in. It's going to find another way. <clears throat> As mm-hmm. I sit here in this misery, I don't think I'll, I'll ever know, see the sun from here. And oh, as I fade away, some people will say, yeah, hey, look at, hey, look at me. And they'll say, hey, look at him. I'll never live that way. And that's okay. Just afraid to change. Yeah. And, and then so in the, there's the other lyric where he says, um, when you feel life ain't worth living, you've got to stand up and take a look around, look up way to the sky. And when your deepest thoughts are broken, keep on dreaming, boy, because when you stop dreaming, it's time to die. Right. And that's the one. Those are the lyrics that like it's this and it has this sort of ethereal. There's the little mandolin in there and it kind of just feels fucking magical in a way. And I kind of feel myself being lifted up like, yeah, yeah. what do you do? Why are you why are you why are you going to quit dreaming? Like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Right? Like, what's the yeah, fucking, absolutely, why not? Yeah. Like, what, 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 you really, you're just going to be fucking miserable. And <laughs> so I put that on and it becomes more of a slower run, but I, I also, there's a certain level of without sounding too goddamn corny, like mm-hmm. it lifts your spirits to the point where I'm just like, I'm going to go for a little while, especially if it's nice out. Um, But yeah. And I just really, this one reminds me of that sort of being miserable and drinking and being like, okay, well, I'm not going to quit. And even when the shit is bad and being sober, like I'm not going to quit. Yeah. I'm too scared. <clears throat> when life is hard, the last line is when life is hard, you have to change. Yeah. Like that's it. That's the fucking, that's the gist of it. That's when it. Life is that's hard, pretty you much have it. To change. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. you know, 
that's that's the final song and that's the final lyric and it's like that's we're we're in that life is hard you're gonna have to change you're gonna have to adapt you're gonna have to evolve Mm -hmm. like we don't get to life on life's terms like we don't get to yeah control this reality no as much as people would like to think they can change and adapt to it I just the yeah the part that always makes me sad is him like dying like dying of his addiction and people like I I wouldn't live like that I would never live that way and he's like Mm -hmm. that's okay it's all right yeah and just having the the level of apathy that we have in addiction never live that I wouldn't live like you like you don't have to I got it Mm -hmm. I'll take care of it whatever dude Mm -hmm. yeah so that part always makes me sad for him yeah and it's a beautiful song. And there's a couple other, there's, there's some really good songs on that some album. Fucking Gen X shit again. I'm telling you, I've been thinking a lot about my generation, our generation. Okay. I right. have been because we're hitting our, we're going to be in our fifties soon. Not, not for me, I've got about four years, you know, right. but like, I've just been thinking about like our little slice of people born within our time period and the nostalgia we feel and shit. And like this song just hits that nostalgia on top of it being about something that I was experiencing at that time and didn't realize I was experiencing it and have to look Mm -hmm. back and reflect and be like, wow, dude, like, Mm -hmm. damn dude. Yeah. But yeah, this is good. This, this playlist is very indicative of our, in my opinion of our age group. Yeah. And I know the boot, our, our boomer listeners are going to be like, Hmm. These little Gen X kids are into Ario Speedwagon. Huh? They're into, they're into Harry Nilsson. Harry Nilsson and John Lennon. What are you talking? I'm like, it's because we grew up listening to your music, you know? Yeah. And our younger listeners are going to be like, what is this? All this old guy shit they listen to on a Victrola? Like, what is this music <laughs> played on a stone by cavemen? I'm like, yes, it was. We yeah, I don't. It. Yeah, I don't think there's anything in here that was made in the year. Well, no, that's not true. There were some, I think, atmosphere. Maybe was they might the be 2000s, giants. And they might yeah. be giants was in the 2000s. But even mm-hmm. that, like, some of our younger listeners That's were in elementary fuck. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But these, this was a great playlist. And I, I, I like I said, anytime, even when you made me mix tapes, when we, because we'd make each other mixtapes mm-hmm. and CDs, I would fast forward through songs all the time. I found one of your old mixed CDs and it lives in my car now. It's a <laughs> birthday it really? one. Yeah. It's the one that has the Ramones singing happy birthday. <laughs> uh, the Simpsons. Mr. Burns. Yes. Uh-huh. Have the Rolling Stones killed. Yeah. I, it, <laughs> It's in my five disc changer in the car. So if I don't have my phone or my phone doesn't connect, that disc comes up first. And it's like a little something. Yeah. 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 It's that. And like, they might be giants is on it. And I think a swing song. Sure. Yeah. It sounds about right. Ween. There's a Ween song on it. Of course there is. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, there were several other songs, but I thought that this was probably a good. This is a nice, sweet, tight little playlist, dude. This is a good making dinner thinking about shit playlist this mm-hmm. was was this inspired by the meeting you attended you're like let's oh, do something so yeah. on the subject well i don't know how much we can talk about that but i i'll know, talk to you briefly anonymity's uh, sake but so it was more of a casual i no, did he, i don't want i don't want to misspeak anyhow um i was invited to a meeting and basically the meeting the 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 topic of the meeting was an episode of ours where we did the um, it's so hard to say I is for it's so hard to say goodbye to alcohol. And we both wrote letters saying, uh, yeah, <laughs> letters. And um, everybody was very receptive. They listened to it and then they discussed it. And um, um, everybody was very, very moved and touched. And they there. I think there was one gentleman who even he said he's an older gentleman and he said I was kind of skeptical of this. I was like what are these young kids what do they know kind of thing. That was his Yeah. Vibe. 
right? Um, I don't blame him. Came around, yeah. And then he came. He's like, "Oh, okay, okay." And I was like, "Well, thank you. Like that means a lot, because this is not going to be for everyone." And no, no, um, I get that. And everybody's got their own flavor and their own style, and they they Mm -hmm. have their own needs. But um, so and so their whole thing is rather than book study and or um that you know program centric stuff they'll take a song like i think they did life by the drop by stevie ray vaughn and they'll discuss mm-hmm. it or they'll take a sometimes they do a book and they'll discuss it like outside of the program and so it, this was a very interesting one. and so um i was able to sit in on it and i said look dude i don't want to i don't want to taint anybody's honest opinion because that's I was what i was wondering about yeah mm-hmm. i was expecting you know like yeah, what's up with these guys? You know, because I didn't want to be there. Like, hi, I'm the guy who did this. Please be nice to me. Right. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everybody was honest. One woman said, "She's like, I didn't listen to him at all because I felt like that was private." And uh, and I explained, you know, part of what I think getting it out of me was was telling it. You know, that was important. So it was weird, man. I I uh, couldn't um, get any fucking privacy in this house because there's nine people in here. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just be jamming out with my iPad over here, listening to a letter I wrote where I cried, you know, and, and, and it's funny that you say that too, because I'm really embarrassed about that episode. I still am embarrassed uh... about it. And I don't mind that it's out there. Cause it's out there. As long as I don't have to listen to it, I'm okay. But it is kind of a private thing that I shared with people and like that emotion, me expressing that emotion, I'm really uncomfortable with it. Cause I'm not comfortable with it yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for me, like, the act of getting choked up or crying, I do a lot. Like I get very emotional as I get older, but I'm also really fucking weirded out by it. Cause I don't know how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to express it without feeling like weird about it. So to me, it's like, it like makes me mad, uncomfortable, but I still wanted to go. Not that it's this podcast isn't for me to make excuses or anything, but it's just hard as fuck. To I find get it. Any privacy in this house whatsoever. But it's funny that woman said that because I'm like, yeah, it is kind of private, but I wanted you to hear it because this is a private disease. Like this is not only, and I will always refer to alcoholism as a disease, but this is absolutely a private and public disease. You know what I mean? It's a disease we do in private that's Mm -hmm. absolutely out in public. Like we think we're doing all these secret little things and it's just out in the world. This is, you got toilet paper stuck to your shoe 24 seven. At this point, it's not even stuck to your shoe, it's hanging out of your fucking waistband. Mm-hmm. Pants. You don't even yeah. realize it. And somebody, I, I heard it said or saw it written that pain shared is pain lessened. I don't know if I said this. Yeah, absolutely, before, but... and it is. And I do, I think expressing that with you and having other people vibe with it works for me. I you don't just don't want to hear it. No, man, it weirds me out, but I don't yeah. even really listen to us talking sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at it on YouTube to see if it uploaded right. But like, Mm -hmm. I'm not a listen to my own podcast kind of dude, just because the shit I say, like after I'm very critical of myself. So when I hear myself, I'm like, Jerry, you could express that better. I worry every time we do this podcast that I'm going to be doing a disservice to another alcoholic sometimes with giving a bad opinion or giving a bad thought, which I know Mm -hmm. isn't, is not the reality of it. But the insecure part of me is always like, be careful and measure yourself because there are people out there in early recovery who are doing this too, who are listening to this, trying to find something. And I'm out here being like, bleh, 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 you know, saying some dumb shit that doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything, you know? So I'm really, I have to be, I have to think about it a lot. So that's well, why I, I don't listen to it. 
I think I, well, I think that's good. I think we should always be thoughtful about what we say. Right. Um, but I, I don't, <laughs> instead of, instead but yeah. of Baba Booing our way through this shit, like we're the Howard Stern of sobriety. Like, yeah. tell me about your tits, Johnny. You know, uh, like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be the Howard Stern of sobriety. Gross, dude. Fucking I'm more gross. of like the Howard. I don't even want to be the Howard the Duck of sobriety. You're the Howard Hessman. Of the Howard Hess. I am the Howard Hessman of sobriety. There you go. The Howard Hughes. Bring it all, uh, bring it all back. Um, right. So thanks for indulging me. And uh, that was fun, man. I love that. Good, good subject. And you guys go out there and listen to it if you haven't already. Yeah, it's out there. You A is for alcoholic uh, Spotify. Um, yeah, it's it's up there. There's also there's a bunch of running playlists I do for the uh, um, original city apothecary newsletter each week. Really? But yeah, so I put them out there. I did one where it's just exclusive nine inch nails. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You should have one that's just fuck the police 52 times in a row. <laughs> whatever gets you moving i don't care you know what police, i mean at least but like an hour and a half of that here's an hour and a half of that here's your free sixer your six mile run today it's just <laughs> fuck the go. police over and over over again. and over and over um but yeah so i did a couple of them i did one with the classical music i did um one with uh, i just did a hip-hop one and so kind of just throwing some stuff together They're like 30 35 minutes something like mm-hmm. that but yeah. but yeah cool well thank you jerry thank you yeah. folks we'll do it again next time Absolutely. Be good out there, everybody. Thanks, John. Later. All right, later. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah.